Welcome to the RootDown.us podcast, and today we are connecting with Eric Baumgardner of the Urban Remedy Acupuncture Center, um, located in Venice Beach, California. Just wanted to find out a little bit more about what it is that Eric does on a day-to-day basis and how he came to establish Urban, Urban Remedy as a community acupuncture practice. So welcome, Eric. Thank you. Yeah, honored to be here. Thanks. Good. How are you doing today? Everything's good? I'm doing great. I'm sort of in a little pause, working a couple days in between a few days of family vacation. So although I'm kind of wishing I was still on the beach, I'm actually well rested and happy to be here. Well, you're fairly close to the beach. You know, can't complain. (laughs) You're fairly close to the beach, so that's good. Yeah. Not too far from your center. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you um, decided to start the practice at Urban Remedy. Okay, um, about myself, nice and broad there, but um, I'm, uh, I do practice acupuncture and uh, I've been licensed for about three and a half years, I guess. And um, I have a community acupuncture center over here. It's called Urban Remedy Community Acupuncture. We're in Venice on Abbott Kinney Boulevard. And um, you can check out, get some information, see pictures, urbanremedy.org. Um, and basically what's unusual or different about the practice over here that maybe people have not seen is that we uh, treat in a group setting or in a community room setting um, where we have like eight recliners and people come in on a sort of a rolling scheduling basis every 15 to 30 minutes somebody comes in and um, you know we spend about 10 to 15 minutes with uh, with returning patients and somewhere between 20 25 minutes with new patients um, and you know everyone receives a treatment in in the community room there's something really magical that happens with uh, you know, with ha- having more um, more people in the same space um, in terms of kind of a collective healing energy. And um, also it just it becomes much more efficient as a practice um, and, and much easier for people to come in, flexibility of scheduling. Um, and probably most importantly, it keeps the cost way down for the patient. So um, when they need to come frequently, they can come you know, two and three times a week, we do it on a sliding scale from 25 to $50. Um, so it really makes sense. We really are all about getting everyone access to this medicine and um, really supporting the community with what we believe is, is a very viable option um, for sustainable health care in this time. Excellent. Where um, where did the roots of community acupuncture stem from? Because this certainly isn't the first uh, community acupuncture clinic that I've heard of. Do you? Right. Yeah, this is a new model um, in some ways. That um, The model in a lot of its details has come from a clinic that started up in Portland called Working Class Acupuncture, which you can also get more information about um, online if you're interested in all that um, in all this. Um, but basically it came out of, um, for one, how they practice in China, which is, um, in oftentimes in the hospitals in in, uh, community clinics where people really treat this as their first line of medicine and, you know, anything that comes up, they go to see their acupuncturist. And a lot of times they 
really just line them up in a room and um, you'll get what's called your point prescription from the doctor the first time that you go see them and then um, you you know you return oftentimes they'll give you a prescription of 10 days and you'll have to come in eight or ten times in those 10 days for treatment and they'll just needle the same points every time so you sort of just walk in the room and sit down and get your needles and you know they come around in 15 or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is and pull them and and you're on your way so um, you know so part of the model comes from that and then the people up in Portland who started this model um, started community acupuncture actually took that and, and really modified it to sort of meet the needs of you know our community in the West and um, they were doing work in detox clinics and public health facilities and finding that you know they could treat 10, 15, 20 people an hour um, sometimes with very simple protocols and have great results and you know really be very cost effective and the state was actually paying them to do this um, in these in these public facilities and you know they sort of spun off and said why can't we offer this to the greater community um, and so you know that's when they sort of took it and, and Americanized it in some ways with the big recliners and the open room and you know the cozy kind of homey feeling that that it has and it really takes out a lot of the sterility that um, people are so adverse to in terms of hospitals and doctors' offices, where you really feel like, you know, you need to be sprayed down with Lysol after you're there, or you know that everything has been sprayed down with Lysol, so you kind of feel like you can't breathe. Um, everything in the community acupuncture centers that I've been to is really homey and low key, and kind of intended to dispel all those myths about, um, you know, healthcare being so uncomfortable and. Um, making it much more of a healthy kind of an atmosphere in a lot of ways. Okay. That, yeah, that's very interesting. I didn't actually think too much about the, uh, the part regarding the, the way that the hospitals were set up in China, but it makes sense that it stems from there. I'm kind of curious because you've listed all of these um, pros in terms of community acupuncture and, and all of sort of the benefits of um, people walking into a community acupuncture clinic as opposed to being treated individually and privately in a in a separate room. If you've, in your time at Urban Remedy, if you've noticed anything that you would consider a con of community acupuncture, something that, you know, could be improved or is different and, and not necessarily something positive. Right. Well, one of the things that um, we try to address, and we're, you know, we're ever evolving with, uh, you know, with our medicine. I think that's one of the beautiful things about Chinese medicine is it's, it's such a dynamic and, and adaptable um, art form, so to speak. So, um, we actually took the community acupuncture model and modified it a little bit in the sense that we have a couple of private treatment rooms um, here at the center, and when, you know, when people come in that have really complicated medical histories um, or you know there there are certain times when you know it really is a good idea to give a back treatment and people in a recliner it's hard to reach certain areas of the body that um, you know are not necessary to treat like it's not necessary to treat back pain by putting needles in the back However, if after a couple of treatments people aren't responding to you know what's called distal needling meaning using needles in the hands and feet, then I do like to take them in and lay them down on a the table. Um, 
like I said, with complicated medical histories, I do like to take people back into a private consult room and spend, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes with them. And part of that um, difference, I think, that, that we've tried to adjust for is that in California, we're primary health care providers, where in Oregon, where this model started, they're not. So they don't have quite the same level of responsibility in terms of taking medical history or taking everything into account that that we do here. Um, obviously, the you know the intake here is a bit trimmed down because we do it in the community space, and some people do have um, issue with you know feeling like they don't have quite as much privacy as they would otherwise. Um, however, really. I've seen very few people feel, you know, unsafe in terms of talking about what's going on with them. It, the, the community room still does feel very private. Everyone still feels very safe and comfortable. Um, but that's definitely one of the concerns that I had initially in checking out this model and looking at how do, you, how do we provide the best care. Um, you know, making sure that we do a really thorough medical history with people so that we're really treating, you know, at the level that we are qualified to treat in terms of being primary health care providers. Um, let me think if there's any other cons I've come across. Um, you know, I think as a practitioner, what I've had to do in, in, in opening the center and growing with it is, is initially... Um, you know, sometimes although I have eight chairs in the room, I might only have two people in the room at a time. And my impulse, um, given the way that we're taught to practice, is to give all of my attention to that person and spend, you know, 45 minutes with them individually and, and give them exercises and give them, you know, homework and, and really get into their story and really track what's going on with them. Um, you know, give them a $150 treatment for what may end up being $25 when they walk out the door, I don't really know. Um, so as a practitioner, that's been a challenge because um, part of what I think is actually beautiful about this model is it really puts the responsibility back on the patient. There's not so much pampering. There's not so much attention given to the patient. And, and really what the, the essence of it is really allowing acupuncture and it's all its sophistication and and um, complexity to do the work that it does in its in its essential form. So we do take tongue and pulse, and we do get updates and follow-ups from people. But then we really just do the acupuncture based on that, and then let it do its work, and let them relax and really take in and, and process what needs to be processed. Um, so I think for a lot of practitioners, that's challenging. It's difficult to step back and let your patients do their healing work by themselves. We, we tend to take it on and want to want to do more than we actually need to do sometimes um, and take responsibility for more than, you know, more than we perhaps should in certain cases. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing about community acupuncture, but it's also uh, been very challenging for me because I'm definitely someone who likes to give all that I have to give. Right. Now that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm sort of curious how you came to study Chinese medicine, and then how from that how you came to open Urban Remedy. Um, I know Urban Remedy is, is it's a little bit different. You've already mentioned one way that's a little bit different from other community healthcare mm -hmm. models, um, but I know from personal experience uh, that there are other things that you do within that center that are perhaps a little bit more untraditional. So. Mm -hmm. Curious if you could just share a little bit more about your path into the medicine and how that mm -hmm. path led you to open Urban Remedy. Right. 
Um, well, that's always a good question because it's, it's kind of a, a, an epic story in some ways, you know, um, just the story of your life and how it would bring you to this kind of a work. Um, I think that I probably started out, um, well, my, I think my medicine path really started when I was about 21. I was living in Mexico and I, um, was invited to spend a couple weeks in the, in the northern desert with some some friends of mine that I had met that were from Mexico and they had done pilgrimage out there several times and it's a very spiritual place and it's a very um, holy place if you will um, that's not the kind of place that you accidentally stumble into as a, as a tourist um, and so I found myself sort of uh, transported into this into this magical part of Mexico that I probably never would have gotten to by myself and one of the things that really uh, stuck with me from that journey was the the power of all the plant medicines. I actually, um, during part of my journey, um, had fallen and cut my leg open, and then you know I had been invited to go on this pilgrimage and really wanted to go because, like I said, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. But I had this. I had about eight stitches in my shin, and I was looking at you know hiking through the desert for ten days. <laughs> no medical care and I was so I kind of had to just take this leap of faith and go out there and do it and um, was blessed to find that my friends had some awareness and some knowledge around plant medicines and um, actually totally cured my leg and sped up the healing process with you know herbs that we harvested right there in the desert um, and it was just a really crucial moment for me in terms of reconnecting with the earth and the power of you know medicines that come directly from the earth and um, so that really stuck with me and when I came back to the states from there I really it really sort of altered my uh, path I was had been studying uh, biomedicine and was a pre-med major up until um, about that time and had kind of shifted into into studying Spanish and philosophy and, you know, didn't really know where I wanted to go with all that. But um, from that point out, I always had, no matter where I went, I had a backpack full of books about natural medicine and how to heal yourself. And if you're traveling in a foreign country and you don't have a doctor, um, what can you do? And one of the, one of the main things that always, always worked was acupressure. Um, I always had a book of acupressure points. So if you had a headache, you know, press this point, press that point, and you know, 80, 90% of the time it would definitely help. It would, you know, if not take care of the whole problem. So I spent probably about six or seven years just doing acupuncture on myself and on my wife and on people around me as I traveled and, um, you know, sort of self-teaching that system. And then um, you know, when I finally landed somewhere where I could study with teachers, I started uh, studying herbs, um, which was really my my passion, um, and what ultimately led me to uh, go to acupuncture school. Was I wanted to be a licensed herbalist. I had studied with several different herb teachers and done a couple of apprenticeships, and um, you know, had a massage license so that I had some some guys to practice herbalism under, and. Um, just found that really I, I needed to, you know, have that sort of level of uh, understanding and that foundation in terms of a system 
and Chinese medicine absolutely has, I think, you know, the most sophisticated system of, of herbalism that I've been exposed to. I know Ayurveda also has a very similar system, but, um, you know, it really gave me a strong foundation to feel like, okay, I can practice medicine, really wove a lot of different things together. And actually, um, you know, I was surprised and pleasantly surprised to find that it had very deep sort of um, naturalistic and, and shamanistic roots um, that, that Chinese medicine, although it's been somewhat sterilized and communized, um, that that's still present and, and accessible if you, if you dig around for it. Um, so that really resonated strongly with me. And, um, you know, that's kind of how I got here. And then, like I said, finishing school, I think I was really just looking for how to, how can I contribute to, you know, the way this medicine is unfolding in our country and how can I, uh, you know, bring my skills and my gifts to the table um, in a powerful way. And, and the community acupuncture model really spoke to me. Um, as a, as a kind of a platform for for opening this medicine up. Wow, uh, that's a really powerful story, I think. Um, <laughs> in that, um, I mean, what do you what do you think is the biggest challenge for the future development of this medicine, um, so that it becomes a more reputable preventative healthcare? modality that's that's utilized much more often than it is right now. I mean, we're we're sort of lucky because we're in California, so it's much more um, much more utilized than say perhaps the Midwest or the East Coast. Um, but what do you see as the biggest challenge for that development? Well, um, you know, I what I dance with a bit is that we I think we walk a very fine line between um, you know the medical professions medical doctors um, and really trying to step up our standards of education and um, our standards of practice to match what Western medicine is doing um, I think that you know um, the the schools are doing an amazing job of really trying to integrate East and West. And I think we as practitioners are really pioneering a whole new field of medicine um, by, by just walking with both in our toolkits, even though, you know, we're not fully trained as medical doctors, but we do have a much deeper and, and um, broader understanding of Western medicine than, you know, traditional kind of TCM practitioners probably had. Um, and I also see, and, and this community acupuncture model really speaks to Chinese medicine or acupuncture as, um, as the people's medicine. And, and I see myself as a kind of a barefoot doctor at my essential kind of core, um, where this medicine is really maybe not so much about what Western medicine does um, and that Western medicine really does have a place um, and that we're really trying to find what is our niche, where does acupuncture, what's the gap that acupuncture fills in, in the healthcare arena. Um, it's like, you know, where should people go right away when they have something come up as a health issue? Should they first go to their doctor? Well, obviously, if there's, you know, if it's something that's emergency, if it's something that's very severe, but if it's a stomach ache, if it's a runny nose, if it's a sprained ankle, if it's a, you know, those are all things that really probably an acupuncturist should be the first one to look at. 
um, especially like you're saying in California where we are qualified to be primary health care providers and I think you know as uh, as a profession for us to be able to step up our level of, of professionalism and um, our standards to sort of meet um, Western medicine, but not to lose sight of where we actually thrive and where we actually really um, function best, which is kind of at the on those front lines. There's a lot of things that we can treat, and maybe people never even have to go see their doctor for those certain things. Um, but you know, then really being able to recognize where you know where we fit and and how to how to bridge the gap for. For the, for the medical community and for the people out there who, who need medical care. Um, does that answer your question? I, I... Yeah, it does. It does. Huh? I'm curious to know if, um, you know, because you talk about uh, sort of this conversation, this dialogue that we're having in terms of trying to understand where we fit, like what, do you see something that we could do as a profession to sort of help develop that dialogue even more and to have a, a more thorough understanding of where the strengths and weaknesses are and, and how we can interconnect with a society that's very, very deeply steeped in Western medicine? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I hope, and I definitely part of my reason for offering acupuncture in this way, community acupuncture is really about bridging that gap. It's giving people access to come and try it for one thing that maybe otherwise wouldn't because either because it's cost prohibitive or because, you know, um, it, it's in a setting that maybe they wouldn't have act, access to, um, like a spa or a little bit more, um, you know, it's not that easy in a lot of places to find an acupuncturist. And, um, the setting that we've created is really safe and homey and um, affordable so that, you know, it's like when people people have this idea about acupuncture that is, um, you know, oftentimes there's a lot of misconceptions around it. And so once they come in and they try it and they see how it works and how, um, you know, how harmless the needles are and how much better they feel after just one treatment, they walk out the door and they're like, oh, my God, what? you know, what did you do to me or what, wow, that, you know, that's so much better. My doctor told me that would never, you know, never be better. And, um, you know, so I think really as a profession, finding ways to get, get more people access to our medicine, um, and really continuing to, to educate because we're still in a, in a phase where so many people don't know what we really do or who we really are. Um, that, you know, whatever opportunities we can take, whether it's speaking or, um, you know, just reaching out or some finding a way to work with different communities or at community centers or, um, you know, just really putting ourselves out there um, in one way or another and, and taking the opportunity to educate um, on some front um, really can make a difference because then, you know, all those people are out there and they, they do give feedback to their doctors and that's, you know, that's probably the best feedback and the best testimonials that doctors can get is when they, you know, when they have their patients come back and say, wow, you know, that stuff really works, you know? Um, so, you know, it's, I, I would, that's a hard question for me to answer because I think everybody has a different piece of that puzzle. Um, but, you know, as for myself, I can say that's that's the angle that I'm really approaching it from. Really trying to get more people access 
to this medicine um, and you know moving moving into a place I think being comfortable in a place of um, of finding your niche rather than feeling like we really have to try and achieve or uh, match what the Western medical community is doing I think that's in some ways a, a misguided direction for us um, I think that we really have to identify our niche and 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 claim it and get really comfortable in, in what we do best. Up until now, what we've been sort of talking about is, is how the profession relates to the people. Um, and I'm curious to know if you have any thoughts on how the profession relates to itself in terms of how we function as an organized body of licensed practitioners and what some of our challenges are in growing this field professionally from within, um, as well as any sort of suggestions or thoughts on how we could become stronger as as a profession or as you might perhaps like to term it as a community um, of licensed acupuncturists and herbologists. Mm. Wow. Um, hmm. Might have stumped me on that one. <laughs> That's okay. I knew it was coming. I think I saw it, but um, I wonder to strengthen the profession as a whole. Well, let we can approach it from a different way, you know, because you're fairly new in terms of practicing this medicine, having been licensed for you know about three and a half years. Um, what were some of the things that you struggled with coming into the profession, not as a student, but actually after you were licensed? Like, where were some of your greatest challenges? Okay. Well, I mean, this is this is gonna. I'm just gonna stay with community acupuncture <laughs> here because because it's kind of the theme, and and actually in in a sort of an idyllic way, it it provides an amazing amount of solutions to the challenges that we face as acupuncturists. I think, um, and you know, so look, you come out of school, you're not ready to have a private practice, you're not trained in how to run a business, and you're not, you know, you don't have capital to invest you don't have you know your your sixty thousand dollars in debt where do you but you can't you know it's like a catch-22 until you've practiced for two or three years you're not really ready for any of that you don't really want to practice on your own because you don't have the confidence level that you would uh, that you would want in order to really just be out there on your own you know really calling all the shots um, so you know for me part of my vision in having this space was that look okay I, I can hire newer acupuncturists on to come here and get clinical experience working treating three four patients an hour a lot of times um, and you know working for a lower rate than they might make treating patients privately but, but really what's important when you come out of school is getting experience and getting your hands on people and, and you know working in a clinical setting um, I think that you know as a with a as a whole, and this is one of the stats that they tell you as an acupuncture student, I mean, the, the percentage of graduating acupuncturists or graduating, you know, um, students that actually go on to have a successful practice is really minimal. It's really low, um, which is kind of scary, you know, but I think it's, it's partly because of the way that our, you know, the, the niche that acupuncturists tried to fit into. And um, I think that, you know, Every community, if I could be so bold, deserves uh, you know a community acupuncture center, and 
and every you know graduating acupuncture student deserves the opportunity to work in this kind of a setting um, for a year or six months or a couple of years until they get their feet on the ground something that they can do that really um, allows them to root in with the medicine because it's really different to be in practice um, than it is to be in internship in a student clinic um, the rules are different and the, the responsibility is different and you know, frankly, we don't get trained in how to run a business unless you come from another background. Um, you know, running a business is really hard. So um, I would say as, you know, as a profession, I think that, you know, we and as young professionals, as new professionals who have really a whole new set of skills and maybe even acupuncturists who graduated 10 years ago have, um, that we could really benefit from more centers like these, whether they look exactly like this or they're just you know, community health centers or, or um, acupuncture um, centers where where there's more, you know, community has more access and there's a, a more of a flow of people um, coming through to just really get that experience and to kind of identify who we are as professionals and, you know, what our expertise is, what our skill set is, um, and to gain that level of confidence that really allows us to, to establish ourselves, you know, in, in a greater way in the medical community. Um, and and just to network with each other, you know, if you're working in a center where there's four or five or six or seven or eight acupuncturists who work there, you really become a team and you really see the things that you can accomplish and you say that, okay, this, you know, day to day we do this, but, you know, once a month we go out and we work in the community in a different way and we actually outreach and we, you know, our, our voice becomes greater. As, as a team of professionals or as a team of, um, you know, colleagues than, than as an individual. I think, um, you know, for me, a theme right now in the world in general, and I think, you know, it's not, it's not just me, but I think that, um, you know, really community involvement and community-supported organizations and things that really generate um, community around them are extremely important right now. Um, people want to be involved and they want to know you know where the roots are. You guys are, you know, you guys are root down. This is all about how to uh, how to build and create and support, you know, community health. So that would be my suggestion. How's that? I think that's a fantastic suggestion, <laughs> and I, I think you also managed to answer the the last question I had for you, which was, what is your vision for the future of Chinese medicine? So I'll give you the option if you would like to add anything else to that. To please do, but it sounds like you may have already. Um, address that. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I think maybe you know, I think maybe the only thing that I would add to that in terms of what I think Chinese medicine has to contribute that's really important is that I think that, you know, and me personally, what beyond perhaps beyond community acupuncture that I hope to be able to contribute to Chinese medicine is that I think one of the most important things that we can do as practitioners with this, with the tools that we have in our in our kit, is to really acknowledge that Chinese medicine is capable of, and you know, by some accounts, even uh, best at really treating the spirit, treating the root, um, and recognizing that you know, a lot of times, if not all the time, and I have teachers who would say always. Um, the root of disease is, is in the spirit and that we are capable of treating that and that actually that's a huge contribution for us to make 
and to own and to acknowledge um, in the medical community that treating the spirit is um, every bit as important as treating the body, if not more so. Um, so that's that's a big piece of uh, how I hope to practice and what I hope to contribute to this medicine. Excellent. Thank you very much, Eric, for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the RootDown.us podcast series. To learn more about Urban Remedy and Eric Baumgartner, you can visit their website at urbanremedy.org.